0: And you welcome to racing, only better ahead of the racing this weekend. We have Cheltenham, Banger, Doncaster, all to bring you across Friday and Saturday. We're here to mark your cards. We're here to entertain you, most of all, and the company of Mr. Kevin Blake. Hello, Kev. Hello, how are you getting on, You, Oh, sure, the finest, the absolute finest. I'm back playing golf, Kevin. I'm down the driving range this week and I'm hitting the ball like a Tiger Woods and Rory McIlroy combined. I'm going to be off scratch this time next year. Fact. <laughs> this time next year, Rodney. Yeah. Scratch. If not, I'll be scratch off the PlayStation, whichever comes quickly. Uh, Tony Calvin, you're well? Old things good? Yeah, I thought you'd definitely be scratching coming back from Dubai.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm not even going to dignify that. With <laughs> You absolute filth. And don't make dignified, you should deny it. (laughs) I can't. I, I refuse to confirm or deny anything. I'm the politician... That is Barrie Johnson this weekend, right? Dan, Dan Barber, how are you? How are you, son? You've taken Kevin's uh, position in the old car park this weekend. Everything good? Business as good as Kev's yeah,
2: he, he gave me his favorite address, and I've turned up here. So far, so good. Good stuff. The crowd the crowd's still flocking. wait till
0: they realise it's you and
2: the, uh, are
0: the anyway? Trent's We load, they look in the window and goes, "There's nobody in there." Always <laughs> oh, the old pouch girl booster booster seat in the back. <laughs> <laughs> right. right, lads. Let's get stuck in with loads of racing. Just to, uh, for people tuning in, obviously the hot the hot topic in the story of the day is Robbie Dunn has been found guilty of harassment and bullying as a sustained campaign over the past... Um, few months. We will deal with this on Weighed In on Monday morning, as always. We are absolutely fully aware of the uh, gravity of the story and the significance of the story. We will deal with it comprehensively on Monday and Weighed In, so make sure you tune in for that. But we are here to mark your card. We are here to look forward to the best of horse racing, and it is the best of horse racing. Cheltenham going to kick us off at one fifty on Friday. It is the Mare's Handicap Chase. It's over two and a half miles. And Kevin Bake, your 11 to 5 favourite is Fontaine Collange for Venetia Williams. You've got Rosa Arcadia in there 10 to 3. You have Precious Eleanor 6 to 1. Pretty Little Liar 13 to 2. Oh, my sweet God. Uh, Timeless Beauty 7 to 1. And it's 12 to 1. Bar Kev. Of these um, beautifully named horses, uh, who do you fancy, please?
3: Um, well, look, no there'll be a lot of emphasis on that meeting between. Um, Fontaine Collange and Precious Eleanor at work last time but I'm going to give some love to Rose uh, Rose of Arcadia mm. um, for Colin Tizard, the resurgent Colin Tizard. Um, I think she's very interesting on her chasing debut and um, she won a point to point back in uh, her younger days um, won a bumper and um, her her career took place during that that you know quiet spell I suppose it's fair to say for Colin Tizzard, but she's still um, achieved a little bit beat Fable at Wincanton last February and I thought there was a lot to like about her comeback at Wincanton um, she's a front runner um, and she just looked like she needed the run and um, I'd imagine going chasing was always the plan with her this season and they've applied the hood for the first time which is interesting she can you know get a little bit free and and, uh, and get a little bit clear of her opposition in front. But I think the switch the fences is key. Um, of course, in the UK, um, she's allowed to go straight into a handicap off her hurdle mark. And with her overall profile, I'd be hopeful that she could be a nice bit better as a chaser than a hurdler. So I'm hoping she'll make a, a successful transition of fences at her first attempt here and go and hopefully win. Okay, well, Tony Calvin, you have had um, a bet in this
0: race, so mm. I presume you fancy something uh, just nicely for this, and I also presume it's something a little bit further down the market. Have I presumed correctly?
1: Yeah, um, I've actually bet pretty little liar. I was going to put her up a uh, anti-post on Monday, but uh, when I was writing, she was backed in from twenties to twelves, and but um, she's around about uh, an eight to one chance now, and uh, I thought. I thought she had a, a fair bit of upside. Now, obviously, I don't know if Robbie Dunn's going to ride her. I don't know if he's been kicked in immediately or whether he's appealing. Um, mm. He's obviously down to ride Pretty Little Liar um, for his brother David. Uh, and I was also told that the, the mayor might not be coming over because they had some ferry issues yesterday. But if she does get here in one piece, I, I thought she's got the mayor with the most upside from a handicap mark now. Uh, no great shakes until this season's, but she's won on the flat in July. She won a handicap hurdle by ten lengths uh, in October. She was quite impressive at Furls last time. Form that's work uh, on the penultimate start. Form that's working out quite well. Um, so, and I think she's really well handicapped on that, even though the UK handicap has given her an extra five pounds. But obviously, she took a really bad fall last time. But uh, before that, she just looked an improving mare, even at the age of eight. And uh, I think if, you, if you, she gets her in one piece and jumps around uh, in one piece, then I think she could even be better than uh, the handicap mark of 114. I do uh, double figure prices. I do fear Vienna Corp and uh, Juba Olympics uh, could well be the pace angle in the race going from the front round well at Ascot last time over hurdles, but... Uh, pretty little lie for I me, mean, 8 to 1 it's obviously it's going to be a massive uh, story ITV race uh, if Robbie Dean Robbie Dunn goes and wins it for his brother but uh, mm. um, I'll just have a financial interest not
0: a moral interest in it depending on your side of view I guess it's either an unfortunately named horse or it's, well it's, I'm not going to finish that sentence but Dan um, nobody really it. shouting for the favourite so far who do I fancy uh, in this Fontaine Cologne despite the 7 pound hike who do you come down on?
2: Yeah, I think she looked whole form. I thought she was I thought she did well to win considering the mistake she made. She was a bit slow three out and let precious Elna get up her inside. I thought it was a bit of a match. I don't think it's a particularly great betting race. I agree with Kev that and as soon as I saw this also Huntingdon, I thought you could say straight off this is going to be a significantly better chaser, Rose of Arcadia. But she does meet a very interesting progressive horse who's unexposed at the trip. And I think we'll go and improving for a while yet. But if she can improve eight or nine for the switch defenses she might she'll definitely give her a race I find it hard to split them
0: okay good stuff uh, folks that's uh, a pretty level view across the board there and as TC said depending on whether Dittler um, actually makes the boat or not um, it could be a massive story tomorrow <laughs> right the T25 uh, yeah, the 2.25 is the Bedford handicap chase. It's a great three, just over three miles. Three miles, two furlongs to be exact. And relo reload for Paul Nichols is your five to two favourite. Mr. Patch is 11 to two. Hurricane Harvey, 11 to two. Commodore, who had a Commodore 64 back in the day? I certainly did. I'm
3: oh, showing your age. age in there. I
1: know. <laughs> I don't know about Commodore. In that darkness, you you look like you're on the night shift. you still in Dubai. <laughs> exactly the same light as
0: in Dubai. You're still there, aren't you? He just like a, a floating head. head. And she could sing a song. What a song that is. Marvin, I tell you what. Right. Anyway, Kev, let's go to you first here again, if you don't mind. Um,
3: who do you like in this one, Kev? Uh, look, you, I've given this race a real good hammer now. I've really been going through this deeply, looking to find some value for the listeners. And having spent hours on this, to you, I think there's only one conclusion. And that's the moral winner of the Gold Cup a year and a half ago. They're great, they're mighty.
0: Dan Dini. <laughs> <laughs> the boat is back and he's slower than ever good stuff Hugh
3: man. he's, he's back in his beloved Cheltenham look at his record at Cheltenham forget about last time at, at the, in the Gold Cup when he didn't face the visor and Aidan Coleman gave up on him look prior to that he should have won the 2020 Gold Cup he won, won the Cotswold Chase he, w- he was second at the top of the game in the RSA Chase he was third in the Albert Barton the hurdle he won a great two novice hurdle Hugh he loves the place and you know what else he loves he loves being fresh. He's four out of five lifetime when he's fresh. The only reason he got beat last season on his comeback was because Aintree conspired to get him beat, you by taking out pretty much all the fences. And he was still a nearly wet and beat Lakeview lad in the Manny Clouds chase. And again, importantly, Hugh, he's now trained by a proper trainer. A proper trainer right. that'll train him correctly, that'll run that horse, Polygondry. So me, Polygondry, Santini, Hugh, we're going straight to the moon together. And he's going to go and win this, make his win. Winning- <laughs> Season, seasonal winning debut, Hugh, off America of 159. He's absolutely thrown in. He can't possibly be beating Hugh. Do you know what else Santini loves, Kev? Do you know what
0: else Santini loves? Sinking to the bottom of the bloody ocean because he is a boat. <laughs> <laughs> Dan Barber, will you talk sense of like, like that? Would
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, somebody had to go with him, didn't they? Um, Handicap debut at this stage, maybe maybe the stars are aligned and he's he's not going to fail for getting going too late under Harry. So maybe the jacket change will make him different as well. <laughs> he's only a nine-year-old, lads.
3: Everyone seems mm. to think Santini's twenty-five years of age. He's only nine, rising ten. He's a relative youngster.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. Right, go on. I'll tell you what, Kev, you know what? You can have that. You can have I'll give you your Santini. I won't be back in but If he goes and wins, if he goes and wins, <laughs> fair enough. TC, just tell Kev he's mad, will you? I'm gonna tell Kev why he's mad. I was gonna say, I
1: know where the next Irish drug raid is going around. It's going it's going around in, in golden. Kev's after, <laughs> after that missive. Oh dear me. Um no, I like a horse uh, that also goes really well when fresh. It's commodore. Um I think he might have won the race last year uh, if I hadn't uh, unseated the rider, um, given what Storm Control did on the running. Um, this first time out last year, just uh, just got denied by Snow Leopardess, who's now rated to £21 higher. Commodore's only £3 higher, even factoring in the pound out of the handicap. Um, it's got lots of light. Like you know, conditions are absolutely perfect. And also, it's had a wind up. Now, the last time I had a wind up, um, 2018, he came out and one after a long break at Warwick. So hopefully history will repeat itself, and I thought six to one was a a very fair price. But uh, to be fair, to be be honest, and to be fair to Kev, um, Santini would be my second choice, you really would. Joking aside.
0: Okay, well, look, um, this is no longer a family-friendly show. I have turned on the lights. If you have children in the room and they're looking at the screen, they will be terrified now of the side of my face, because keep them well away from the camera. Uh, we'll move on to three o'clock then. The Glen Farkless Crystal Cup Cross Country Trace is three miles six. An absolute slog, this one. A stayer's only need apply. Um, Midnight Meister is your seven to two favorite. You've got Diesel Dallier at seven to two. Back on the Lash at four to one. Plan of Attack. Wasn't that, uh, wasn't that Joseph's horse? Nine to, uh, nine to two. Plan of Attack. Uh, but It's trained by Henry de Bomben now. Balco de Flow is nine to one and so on. Dan Barber um, looks <laughs> an open enough contest. Um, yeah I don't know how to make sense of this one I like kind of attack at Cheltenham last year in the back
2: of Kev Tommy to back Tobacco butchers you know there you go who do you like Dan? Uh, him I like him he yeah. just strikes me as. I thought he did well in the circumstance it was his first experience of a cross country race and I thought he shaped quite well he got behind early but he was warming up and I thought he did pretty well to get into contention as he did he ended up finishing fourth didn't he so he's got ground to make up with back on the lash in the, the French Raider who's an absolute cross country natural but I think there's a chance he can do that I think I think a lot of these horses, that first experience of it, you'll just be a bit wiser next time, and you can probably ride him a bit more in his comfort zone. He was out the back there. They can probably revert to riding him a bit more positively, as tends to be the case. We know, I mean, he was a contender for a big Cheltenham handicap that wasn't a cross-country race last season. Surely he should be competitive in these sort of races, and I I like the way he started off his time in them.
0: Okay, Kev, a bit of support, 11-2 to and 9-2, so there's money for this horse
3: this week. Yeah, I'm really with him, Hugh. I'm really with him. Um, you're completely oh. mixed up. He wasn't the Joseph horse at any stage. <laughs> but I did put him you're on. You're thinking guess, a band of outlaws. That. No, yeah. I'm, not. I'm not.
0: thinking about it. Or, or fire attack, maybe. <laughs> actually, yeah listen I'm all confused here go on the point is anyway um, he's running in this race have I got that bit right yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay,
3: anyway. hopefully he gets the boat <laughs> but yeah I, I did really fancy in the Kim Ure, um a couple of years ago at Cheltenham and he ran well there um, and look basically what Dan said like he, he absolutely filled his trousers there first attempt at the cross country course he, I'd say he never saw a laurel hedge or a, or a, or a white post <laughs> fence or anything like that in his life because he backed off everything early on And he went from being quite handy to being near enough last. And he can't possibly jump as reluctantly this time, surely. And despite as reluctant as he was and as hesitant as he was um, last time out, he was still only beaten two lengths, you know, in a a, a similar race to this handicap chaser on the cross country course. So he can surely only improve and he finished right up their tails. I thought that was a big run considering like at halfway you now you're kind of expecting to be pulled up to be brutally honest he didn't look like he was taking to it so um, hopefully he's a fair bit sharper now with that experience under him and, um, and he's potentially chucked in for me um, given how well he ran considering how much went wrong last time so he'll very much do for me he's he's, he's looked a well handicapped horse on, you know, under all of expenses as well he looked a big danger um, to win the commure last year of course when falling uh, the race at Mount Ida famously won um, so I'd say, like he, he's just a well-handicapped horse, full stop. And um, based on his run over this course last time, I think he might well be able to show it in this discipline.
0: That's a strong poke, lads. 2 of you strong pokes for plan of attack mm. nine to two. Get up if you're listening. Right, we're going to the three thirty-five then, because that is the last we're going to talk about at Cheltenham on the Friday. We're back for Saturday, obviously. The City Post Handicap hurdles over three miles. Uh, the betting is as follows at the time of recording. Sporting John, looking to make it two in a row for Philip Hobbs, seven to four, so short enough. Um, on a Gathering Storm is five to one for Fergal Brian. Botox has our old palace in here at 15 to two from tens. Ask Dylan, eight to one, and it's 10 to one bar. Right, TC. Um, mm. Sporting John, seven to one will be popular. Is there a little bit of value further down the line here?
1: Yeah, if he was seven to one, it'd be very, very popular. Yeah, he's um, he's obviously seven to four. I think that's around about the right price. Um, I said, are you laying that seven to
0: Seven to four, I said. (laughs) You said seven to one. Anyway, I
3: said seven to four. I'm still trying to work out
1: what that shadow is behind you. I don't know what you've got in front of you, but that looks a very suspect shadow. I'm trying to work out what it is. (laughs) Any listener, uh, seven to four, sports job. Uh, 74. That's that's better. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think that's a fair price. I think mean, you can get about 15 away on the exchange. So, I, you know, I, I can I can see it because I don't think this is a very deep race at all. Obviously, mm. he came back to form last time, put the Cheltenham, Cheltenham dislike behind him and obviously came back to form back over hurdles, up five pounds. We know he's grade one winning back class over fences. Uh, yeah, I, I think he's. I think he's a genuine fifteen to eight chance. I wouldn't have any problem with that. I actually took a flyer on this early in the week when I did this on Monday for an anti-post column. I put up Shannon Bridge at thirty threes. The angle there is um, they haven't been running it in a tongue tie and blinkers all season. It hasn't had its ground, and they haven't run it from the front like it like it should be doing. Um, yeah. I tried to second guess the skeletons, put up at thirty threes. Uh, I'm glad it's running in the race, but they haven't. They haven't. They've left the headgear off, so I suspect they're. They're lining out for a naught to thirty somewhere when they get it dropped another couple of pounds. So uh, I think I might have done my money on the thirty-three Shannon Bridge. It's a shorter price now. Uh, if he goes from the front, uh, I don't see a, a massive lot of pace in here. He could well surprise him. I'm not worried about the three miles, but hopefully, man, he okay. right, might uh, might
0: do something. But the
1: favourite, the favourite, okay,
0: the favourite is, is very solid. Quick word from you, Dan. Is this Sporting John yes or no?
2: Yeah, I think. He is a very solid horse. I mean, okay. he beat the runner-up despite the runner-up getting the favoured rail, and he beat him convincingly when I put him up on the pod. He was that day when I was toing and froing as to which one to pick as the nap, and obviously chose the wrong one. One uh, mm-hmm. I put up as a, a prize, if you want to punt something each way instead, would be the reeking for for Henry Daly. It's his first crack at three miles. I don't normally not like hiking trip plus first-time headgear, I think that can backfire. But he does look a stayer. He's related to a load of three-mile horses. And he's had only two runs in handicaps, and the second one was better than the first. So maybe he's going the right way now. But I think this is a very hard horse to beat, very hard favourite to beat.
0: Okay, good stuff. Sporting John. Of course, another horse uh, formerly trained by Joseph O'Brien. <laughs> Let's move on to the uh, TC, you can talk us through the past two. The British Racing Handicap Hurdle, two miles seven. Um, so TC, I'll just give them Parry Collier. Parry color you Happy Hollow in there is going to be quite mm. popular in the betting. Uh, you've got Tedham, uh, Get a Lead, Zafar, and Sergeant Son. So have you come down on one in particular here? Um, no, not enough. a bank
1: race for me. Um further water furning memories by the fact that Getter Lead finished fourth at Taunton today. Ran all right actually. And he was yeah. gonna be he was gonna be the likely leader likely front runner in the race. So obviously we're waiting to see if he turns out again. If the John if the John Jonesdale can get Tedham back, uh, and he's referring to Hurdles from chases, then the mark he's mark of 118 should be an actual gimme for him. But he's been running so badly, um, you can't back him with any confidence. But like, if he comes back to the form of his Haydock for the Stony Mountain a couple of seasons ago, uh, a couple of years ago, then he'll win this. But the way he's been running, you couldn't chance him at nine to two. But uh, now it's it's not a it's not a good betting race, and obviously we don't want we wait to see whether lead turns out again a, a day after Taunton
0: today. Lovely. Let's bring us on nicely to Saturday's card. We'll start with their kickoff with Cheltenham, if you don't mind. At the first. We're going to talk about it. on Saturday. Chelmer is the Racing Post Gold Cup chase. It's a Grade Three, two miles, four and a half furlongs. Money back special on Betfair if your horse fails to finish first, second, or third. In this race, money back special on that. Terms and conditions apply. Just check out the Bet for website, at always. But um, it's a nice little incentive if you're going to have a bet on this race. So it's the 150 on the card on Saturday. You've got Lawler or Layler, depending on how you pronounce it, in there at four to one for Paul Nichols, Silver Hallmark at five to one, Dostal Phil for Philip Hobbs at fives. Farnet 13 to 2. Top of the market's pretty congested here in terms of price. Midnight Shadow, 9 to 1. It's 10 to 1 bar. Um, up to £10, by the way. You have money back um, special on this one. So, Dan, you can kick us off here. I mean, Lawler Layler um, was a popular horse for a while. And then, I don't know, people maybe thought flatter to deceive. 4 to 1 on offer here at the top of the market. Is that a price that would interest you or do you like something else?
2: Well, he did shape really well. And uh, the definite suggestion was that it was the first string of the stable that day instead of simply the bets. But I sort of feel like the horse that won the race is the one that's being underestimated. I'll mention two, but Midnight Shadow's the first one. I mean, he's he's twice the price of Leila la 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 after beating him. Stopped the race at the last, and he looks like he's going to beat him by much further than he did because he, he stumbled so badly on landing. He probably idled. Maybe he was just running out of gas, but he clung on in the end. The horse who he fended off ultimately was Protector, who had us three in that sand down press room rubbing our eyes in disbelief at what he did on Saturday in the many clouds. Um, so yeah, I just thought it was a price a thing for me because he's not the fashionable connections and because there's an expectation that Nichols will definitely be winning races with Lala soon, which maybe he will. He's twice the price, but he's the one who went out there and did it in the November version, the Paddy Power. And there's no reason why he can't do it again because the rise in the weights of seven isn't brutal. And the other one I just want to mention, conversely, he's come down seven. That's Cyril Delac was a really good horse a a couple of years ago. Um, Bold jumper, had a great record around these fences with Lizzie Kelly riding him. He's had one run over hurdles and he had only one run at all last season. So evidently he's not been easy to train, but the handicap has dropped him seven in one chunk. He was a competitive off 150, easily competitive going back a couple of seasons or so. And that looked like a means to an end to me. They gave him a run over hurdles to have a crack at one of these and have chosen the December one instead of the November one.
0: Okay, good stuff. Well, it's a pretty, it's, it's a you know, with that money back special cap, it's a race that you might look for it in the market because your horse doesn't finish in the top three, and you have an each way bet here, you get your stake back for the ten pounds. Um, if, it, if it finishes outside the top three, Midnight Shadow nine to one currently. What do you like in this, please?
3: Kev? Um, I, I can see the case for Lawler. Look, he shaped very well, in, and I suppose the equivalent race at um, at the November meeting. He, he to me, he shaped as though he was ready for further. But I think any easing in the ground will certainly help his cause. But look, he's well found in the market. So I'd go outside him into another one that ran in that race in Cool Cody, um, who for me like was still going as well as anything when he fell at the second last um having been bang up there all the way and jumped great and he just took a took a tricky start for fall there at the second last which is really unlucky for him and the handicapper just uh rubs salt into the into the wound with, with a two pound rise for that but uh, look he loves it around Cheltenham um and hopefully that fall has had no impact on his bravery and everything else because he, he's fundamentally a very good jumper um yeah and I suspect he'll be bang up there in the van again and hopefully make a very bold bid Okay, two decent pokes,
0: nine and 10 to one, respectively, for Dan and Kevin's. TC, where's your tuppany bit going on this? You've gone mute there, TC. Just uh, click your microphone on. there. You okay? okay, sorry. Uh,
1: I've had two bets in this.
0: Um,
1: mm-hmm. One Dan's, oh. um, both will, both coming down the weights and both would like the fact that Cheltenham has got less. Rain than expected. Uh, they're currently good to soft, good in places, and there's about five mil due. So hopefully it will stay good to soft, and that will suit both of my selections and and, and bets. Uh, the first is Dan's already mentioned is Sir Delac. Uh, the downside is obviously he hasn't put up a really a, a performance of any real completed note since since winning at Cheltenham two years ago. Mm. But as Dan said, he's come down the hand, come down the weights. He's only two pound higher than winning at the festival two years ago. He was, he was still in front and going okay when coming down two out uh, in the plate again last year. Uh, he's now seven pound lower, blowout over hurdles first time up. And he's bizarrely, he's still in the King George after the latest, latest forfeit stage So off a mark of 143 on decent ground, I think he's got a big run in him. The one downside there is that there's plenty of competition for the lead. I've counted about seven or eight, so... You know, if the jockey's sensible, then we should be all right there. I, I think he's handicapped to go very well. And I couldn't believe when the betting opened this morning, reopened this morning. Deran uh, de Karjak was 50s, 50 to 1 in four places. Uh, now, I did get a bit on in in every place I could get about 50s and 40s. And he's now have a 33 to 1 chance. He's a, actually, he's, he's a 35 to 1 chance with the Betfair Sportsbook at the mm. moment. That's the, that's the top price out there. Um, yeah, I mean, the case for him is, again, he's, he's, He's pretty obvious. I mean, he's. If you go back to his 2019, 2020 form, with the likes against the likes of Pim, against the like of Champ, uh, his first off levels to Midnight Shadow. I'm sure Dan will tell me he will be the top rated horse in this race if you go back that far on that kind of form because yeah. he's rated 146 and he's 133 now. They dropped him four pounds, for so he's running the Paddy Power first time up where I get the impression Alan King wanted to get a racing twin, him, but he, he couldn't quite get there. Go and have a look at the race. He's out the back all the way, but he comes out really, really strongly. He's finished eleventh. but he's only beaten nine lengths. He dropped £4 for that. Um, he got plenty okay. of pace in this race. I think he'll come through and I, th- I think he'll play a massive, I think he's got a massive run
0: in him at a massive price. Excellent. Uh, 35 to 1 is no, no bad shout. Still available freely and yeah, uh, no. yeah, and one for my notebook. Brilliant. Okay, we'll move on to the uh, 225, please. CC you're gonna, just going to talk us through this one if you don't mind. Um, the uh, name of the card is the Albert Bartlett novice Hurdle's mm-hmm. Way 2. It's over three miles. So obviously, you know, a pointer towards Cheltenham if you're so inclined. You've got Blazing Callan there for Charles Burns who's coming across at 11 to eight. Jelena Bello at seven to four for Paul Nichols. Barony Legends for Ollie Murphy for the Morans at five to one. And it's 11 to one buyer. On those three prizes, the top TC would be paired to be between those three. Was that your reading of this race? Yeah,
1: um, it's not a kind of, it's, it's just so not my kind of race. I think the top two finished one, two uh, here last time. I think Blazing is. Probably deserve to be a little bit short on the 11 to 8 against G- Giuliano Bello. But did we see the best of the runner up last time? I'm, I'm not so sure. But um, I think Charles Burns has got, you know, he's, he's got an Albert Bartlett potential horse on his hands there, a blazing card And, you know, as the betting suggests, I think he's the most likely winner. Would I back him 11 to 8? No.
0: I tell you what, my life in the UK. When I go over, would be an awful lot easier if they changed my name from Cahill to Call because that's what I have to call myself for people to understand what it is. Not Cahill, which I I don't know why they can't say Cahill over there, but um, they just can't. So maybe I maybe change my name. To we Cahill. have we have the likes
1: We have some greyhound trainers in here over here called Cahill. Cahill. They're called Cahill and yeah. called Cahill.
0: Yeah, Tim Cahill. Yeah. Tim Cale, Gary yeah, Yeah. Tim Cale, which was my dad's name, but there you go. Anyway, completely useless information. Sorry to (laughs) sidetrack you there, viewers. Let's move on to the three o'clock on the card at Cheltenham, please. Uh, It's the Unibet International Hurdle. It's a great two, uh, just over two miles. Song for Someone is your nine to four favorite for Tom Simmons. So Royale, isn't there 11 to four? Bally Adam is a very interesting one at nine to two, which for me is crazy big. Uh, Guard Your Dreams, five to one, it's 11 to one bar. Right, Daniel, for me, Bally Adam nine to two. That's where my money's going.
2: Talk me out of it. I just don't really like the horse, and it's obviously a, <laughs> it wasn't the plan at the start of the season, was it? No. They, they set him off chasing initially. Um, national races. If you remember last year, Song for Someone just held on, held on from Silver Street, didn't he? In a race where they barely jumped any hurdles, and I noticed oh, on the yeah, BHA yeah. website that there's a fear of that this time around as well. So maybe he'll be well placed again. But I think. It's as long as two weeks is enough of a rest for Sol Royale since that pretty punishing fight in fifth, I thought he was the value against the favourite. Song for someone, I met he ran a blinder against Buzz, couldn't beat him, Buzz is going places. He'll try hard and he'll wear his heart on his sleeve as usual, but I think under these conditions, Sol Royale might be able to stalk and pounce and get him this year and I'd actually be more confident if they did omit the flights because I can just see it becoming a bit of a speed test, Sol Royale stalking and beating him with turn of foot. the Nasty little race, but of the two at the head of the betting I'd prefer the second the current second favourite to the current favourite even though he won it last year
0: yeah and you say chasing was the plan and it was at Navin last time but he still finished second which wasn't the worst run in the world so I'm prepared to give him a chance here Kev what about you?
3: Um, yeah I'd be a little bit of, with some for someone he's short enough now and Tom Simmons stable for him you'd be a bit worried about wouldn't you? Um, I know he, he made a lovely season of reappearance last time and probably wasn't far off his best, but you just you can't ignore that, that Tom's having a bit of a down season so far. Um, like two winners all season, had a brilliant campaign last time round, but um this season not going as well. And um, just at this level, it's something that would worry you a little bit. So so Royal I was with Dan. Um, mm-hmm. I think the race, he's just he's just the best horse, I feel. Um, the race will hopefully pan out to suit him. Um, and, and look, I, I thought it was a re- relatively straightforward call because the plenty of these just, just aren't up to scratch like Bally Adam, mm-hmm. uh, good novice, but he wasn't. He was far from the best novice um, and, and he's coming in against, you know, more hardened performers here. So, um, so Royal would do for me. Okay, so Royal for
0: the boys, the 3.35. Then, Dan, you can talk us through this. The last on the card at Cheltenham uh, that we're going to talk about is the Close Brothers Mare's Handicap Hurdle, two and a half miles here. Uh, Trapista is your three. Uh, to one favourite, indefatigable nine to two. Martello Sky is an 11 to two
2: and a six to one. Bar Dan, and um, who do you fancy, please? Yeah, Faz one of those I'll I just oppose by proxy, really, just because it's had two. It's up in two from two, but he's up in grade, has to prove it's come on for the run. Um, has with a better handicap, which this this clearly is. Um I like to initially when I looked at Indefatigable, who was second to Damned a Company in this race a couple of years ago, and he's down to the same mark as when she won the Martin Pipe. She was one option, but I really like Martello Sky. She's back against mares here. She was mm. re- that that day she won at Raisin, where she surged around the outside. It looked a bit of an egg and spoon on the day, but the third earlier, uh, the Cotswolds has won twice since, including at Newbury. So the form isn't too shabby. That was against males. She's back against. Uh, her own sex this time and she's back against her own sex on the back of a race at, uh, at Aintree which just didn't show her to best effect and it was won by one of the best British hurdlers around in, in brewing up a storm I just think she'll find this a lot easier and I think she's a fast improver generally
0: yeah, I'm with you. 100% with you. Brilliant stuff. That's a nice way to leave it, uh, Dan, in agreement with Sheldon. as we move on to Doncaster on the uh, Saturday then and the last uh, few races we're going to talk about on the card. Gents, good stuff so far. We're flying on nicely. The 205 uh, at Doncaster is uh, the Bet365 December Novices Chase. It's grade two over three miles and... Right, we'll get you a few on this, Dan we'll stick with you if you don't mind um, So Tommy's Oscar's in here, lucky one Rocket Den, take it easy, just the prices have gone for me briefly here, uh, Geronimo is in there as well, uh, Son Gino, Natural History and Pyramid Place, but um, is there anything that stands out as a decent bet on the first at uh, Doncaster we're going to talk about the novice chase?
2: I just wanted to mention one horse in that handicap if you don't mind, um, yeah. without wanting to get out of it's just that old pal Natural History, irony that him and Sporting John are running on the same weekend again. But I just think he's a lot better than that that Fontwell race made him look. Surely he is. As we said a few times on the pod, he went off favourite to win an Imperial Cup. This isn't an Imperial Cup. Like class animals like Tommy's Oscar in opposition, you'd be really fearful of them. But I can just see that I'm I'm bound to be drawn into having a win-only bet on natural history okay
1: natural history yeah for the most I've got nothing to add there but on natural history obviously we're at Sandown on Saturday that horse was a big market mover Mm. I'm not sure whether it was a bit of rule 4 jiggery pokery or whatever but it was back from 16 to 11 to 2 before being pulled out there so maybe that will give you some confidence if you believe that uh, that move was genuine
0: natural history one for the notebook nice one Dan yeah I'll be uh following in with that one as well. Right, let's move on. Shall we, uh, lads, the uh, 240 on the card. Kev, you can talk to us about uh, this one. It's the Bet365 Summit Juvenile Hurdle. Grade 2, just over two miles. And the betting is uh, Porticello at 7-4. to Again, for Jamie and Gary Moore to follow up Dan's tip in the previous race two friendly they'll be looking for a double if that works out two friendly at four to one looking for three in a row for Dan Skelton and Magistrato at nine to two for Paul Nichols Knight Salute five to one and it's 13 to two bar Um, some good form here Kev a lot of horses with strong cases tough one to pick out
3: yeah it will give some clarity to the juvenile hurdle scene on that side of the water and um, there's a couple of free goers in here now it'll be an interesting race to watch there'll be some good jockeyship needed and two friendly is one of those um, because I was quite impressed with him in Newcastle last time, because he was he was strong. Now he was strong with Bridget Andrews, and she did well to to anchor him for as long as as long as she did. And uh, given how hard he pulled, I was kind of half expecting him not to find. Um, but he was good and strong up the run in and, and won well. Look, I don't think it was a hectic race form-wise, but I'd say this fella has a fair bit of ability now, just if they can continue to kind of channel it in the right direction and, and keep him wrapped up for as late as possible. Um, so he was the one I was favouring, but it looks like a nifty little race this now.
0: It does. Yeah, it looks uh, difficult to pick apart. All right. And TC, the last one is going to fall to you. The Bet 365 handicap chase. uh, It's over three miles. Two for gold is your seven to four favorite for Kim Bailey. The Wolf, 10 to three for Ollie Murphy. Jet Mm. is in there at 11 to two, still knocking around. Um, Fidux Mm. or Fidu, Fallon King at uh, six to one. And it's eight to one bar. TC, you can finish us off here. Anything stand out?
1: Yeah, we all remember this race from last year because we all went we all went 100 percent in on single farm payment and he just ran oh. oh, remember and he ran and like, a drain like again. Yeah.
2: Yeah, the drain again. Yeah and he Yeah. <laughs> and, went and then he chinned me at Ascot that day. Oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know you know your luck's That's out you like get chinned by single me. farm payment don't you uh no I, I thought one of course yeah I thought this was uh, really trappy you've got four potential front runners in here none of them are uh, habitual foregoers, goers though so it's quite messy on the pace uh angle two for gold it was nine to two five to one anti It's now it's around about the seven to four mark he's probably the most solid in the race but I, I wouldn't be going near him at his current price uh sub two to one so um and and the trainer's not even sure he he stays three miles and uh but the ground's going to be better than expected at Doncaster, so that will be in his favor as well but no, uh, no betting for me. It's it's a low-key punting uh, Saturday for me. But uh, oh, you, we yeah. are allowed one, we're allowed one every so often,
2: aren't we? <laughs> okay, brilliant. 51 Good out stuff. of 52. Don't have to be like that. Yeah, yeah there
0: you go. Um, a very quiet one. Good stuff, lads. That's um, all the races covered then for Friday and Saturday. The very best of luck to everyone. All that remains, of course, is to get your naps. Of the weekend, unfortunately, uh, TC, uh, you and I are propping up the table. You get to go first because of your minus 60 figure. So I am... You- Taking a big swinging right hook to something here. Who do you fancy? Well, I'm only having two bets on Saturday, so it's got to be one of those two. Mm-hmm.
1: And I'm going to go with the bigger price of the two, Deiren Dukashek.
0: Mm, 35 to 1. Win in place? Win only. Oh!
3: oh aye, aye.
0: <laughs> Winging with a right hook, the kidney puncher to drop his opponent in the first. Good stuff. Love it, and <laughs> um, I'm going to... I have a feeling I'm, I might be stealing Dan's thunder here, but I have written it down before we started racing and because I am behind Dan in the figures I get to go first I know what you're going to say
2: Martello Sky yeah yeah. To two. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. hang on a
2: second hang on a second what he had written down there was odds
1: on favourite but he's <laughs> he have but, <laughs> yeah
0: it was between Pali Adam and Martello Sky but then um, once I heard Dan's rationale I'm going to have to steal his thunder. hey buddy does something stop you going with me you can come along with me we can hold hands and yeah let's
2: let's <laughs> Let's Let's do it. Okay. What better man to be alongside than you, Cahill?
0: We'd be like Tellman Louise going off the car, off the (laughs) cafe. again. (laughs) But the two, my house guy, Susan Sarandon
1: was a
3: ginger as well, wasn't she?
0: (laughs) She was. (laughs) Yeah, she certainly was. And Kev, uh, as our market leader, where is your nap going, please?
3: Uh, Sorely tempted to go with Santini, obviously, but uh, but, uh, but (sighs) I'll get so. But I get so much joy, pure utter joy if he wins. I'm gonna go <laughs> I don't need I don't need to nap him. So I'm gonna go to attack, attack in the cross country
0: race, win only good stuff and Joseph we will be keeping all his fingers crossed and his heart. <laughs> 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 um, look, pleasure as always that's all our uh, done and done we're back on Monday morning with I think you'd all agree a very important uh, weigh in uh, given the nature of the story breaking today surrounding uh, Robbie Dunn and Brian Frost. make sure you tune in for that please gamble responsibly across the weekend as always and above all else enjoy the racing talk to you then